0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the channel. Happy and blessed Tuesday, and welcome to the latest episode of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we're going to talk a lot of movie talk. All right, so a lot of movie talk is obviously going to be a point of discussion. But most importantly, I have not been talking about it nearly enough, is the Raven Awards. That's right, our Oscars boycott, our sixth annual Wednesday Raven Awards. Now just simply shortened to the Raven Awards themselves. We indeed have uh, been doing this for quite a while, and it's been a lot of fun, our Oscars boycott show and we are right now taking nominations. I've posted the link a couple of times in all of the various chats so far. But if you have not had the opportunity to put forth your, uh, your nominations and you want the ability to get those nominations out there, you want to be able to have some voice in determining what films, what people get nominated, please make sure to go ahead and do so. This is episode 479 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, and so that's pretty much going to be the focus of of the night, is talking about the Ravens, and just a general movie talk discussion, uh, much of which, of course, is going to be utilizing the amazing site, Criticless. not affiliated with them, not sponsored by them, just a very big fan of the platform. Cannot sing their praises enough. Before going any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button, light up that fire button, Aussie, and smash the rumble button as well. And again, I do appreciate every person for being in the chats and for always being so incredibly important. So let's go ahead and say hello to the people in the chat. First off, we had Mr. Roy here at 639. What's going on, Mr. Roy? Saying there's going to be a Fast 11. Yeah, uh, basically one of the original titles, Mr. Roy, that I remember seeing for this movie that you speak of was it was going to be Fast 10 Part 2. So <laughs> so essentially Fast 11, but they were kind of really trying to push the the concept of it being a even though they're all, you know, except with, with the exception of a film like Tokyo Drift, which messed up some of the timeline stuff, and that was when it was really at its most fun. Uh, they've almost all been in sequential order, right? All following from the previous event. So, to me, it just seems so silly to have that. I don't know if that was just an initial uh, title given to it. But, yeah. They, they've made way too many. You might see above my head that I've got the tire... Uh, edition. So, this is a part of my physical media collection. Big fan of physical media. If you've never gone into physical media collection before, it's a good very fun hobby, and uh, it's very important because once you have it on physical media, it cannot be tampered with, it cannot be changed. And if you're one of those persons where you like having the convenience of something like a Netflix or a Disney Plus, but you don't want to actually have to support those people, guess what? There are opportunities out there, and now it's becoming easier and, and even more affordable than ever before to essentially create your own. ...home Netflix server, just with the films that you that you own. So, this is the 1 through 6 collection, and this one did have space for 7, which I did ultimately get... ...mostly just because it is the last film of Paul Walker in the series. I don't really like 7 all that much, but that set right there just has 1 through 6. Those are, to me, the only good Fast and Furious films, and when I say good, I just mean... ...stupid, fun entertainment. Again, objectively bad, objectively flawed... But fun, nonetheless. All right, we got orange chat reviews, of course, in the chat. Laying down the law, so make sure that you follow his instructions. Basically, just don't be a don't be a jerk. Don't don't cuss. This is a PG uh, family stream. I mean, you know, every now and then we might have that random PG thirteen, but without the f bomb uh, exception. So I do appreciate the fact that our uh, our audience, that the our, our the Guardian audience here, has always been so um, willing to. To to follow that, we got Icthulu in the chat. Hail to you! Happy Tuesday. Hope you and the family are doing well. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Um, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. I hope everyone is is safe. It has obviously been very cold in many different parts of of the United States, at least for those that are a part of the a part of the, my my North American audience. Unless of course you're in Canada, in which case it's just always cold there. It seems. But we are at the point now where outside here. In southeastern Tennessee, I'm looking at a temperature of 16 degrees and it's supposed to get down to around eight degrees I believe. so single digits for us, which is very very rare. and we had a pretty awesome snowstorm that actually came through and I was happy that the snow lasted as long as it did. was also sad that it didn't last nearly as long. Uh, you know obviously I got to be able to go out in it and I always love that uh, you know baby Thor was able to also go out and and have some fun with it as well, make some snowballs, things like that. You know still a little bit too young to understand all of the concepts there. And it, we felt so bad because when you're at his age, there aren't really, gloves made for them that are going to work the exact way they want, right, as a toddler, you know, if things don't go the exact way that they want, they get frustrated, and so it's like, it's almost better just to say, alright, you know, just, just you know, take the gloves until you don't need them anymore, but if your gloves come off and you're touching ice, we're not going to be out here very long before we go back inside to make sure that everything um, gets warmed up, and, you know, we obviously stay safe in in that regard, but it was a ton of fun, uh, you know, having a snowball fight with him, and, You know, unfortunately, when we woke up this morning because the snow had pretty much stopped and we had a lot of rain, a lot of the snow deposits had, you know, gone down a little bit. A lot more snow actually stayed than I thought. But then by morning time, since it was in the teens and when we woke up, it was all frozen solid. And so, you know, it is what it is. And it's tough because not only, you know, are schools being affected by this. And so, you know, obviously, you know, the school I'm affiliated with being closed, but also daycare being closed, too. So that was kind of hectic, you know, especially with my wife being, you know, stay at home work where, you know, working remotely where they don't get the time off for moments like this. So having to to step up in that way can always be, you know, a little bit uh, a little bit stressful for me, especially when it's like I in my mind think, oh, I get a day off from school. But in reality, it's wait, no, I, I don't really get a day off from school, uh, obviously, because family, family comes first. But it's also one of those things where you're like, I just, I just want to have some time, not even just to do nothing, but to to do something. I, at one point during like the very short amount of free time that I had, really in my schedule today, I was grading. I was grading for school, so I, that that's just kind of uh, the the way in which the day was. And so tomorrow uh, is expected to be very similar to that. So I'm hoping I get a little bit of more, a little bit more time to to do the things that I've been wanting to do. Anyway, Jacob Weisman, hail to you, good sir, says, I wonder what the price of theater popcorn and hot dogs are not having been in theaters. Now, if you haven't been in a movie theater in a long time, I think popcorn is ranging from small to large from, I think it's like $5 to $10 range, depending on where you are. Obviously, it would be a lot more expensive if you're buying it in a theater in New York City versus if you're buying it in a small city like Chattanooga, or if you are buying it in you know a small town, it really just depends. But the range that I have mostly seen has been around the $5 to $10 range. That's for you know small to, to large popcorn. For, for AMCs, they obviously have the annual bucket where you pay, I think, $20 for it. And, of course, that includes the large popcorn that first time. But then every time after that, you pay, I think, about $5 to get it fully refilled and you get unlimited refills on it. So you're saving, you know, if you're someone that goes to the theaters a lot, if you're someone that has a lot of people, obviously, that go with you, family members, it can be actually a pretty good deal, um, you know, with that. And then the drinks are the ones that, to me, kind of always get me more. You know, obviously, the, you know, when you think about just the, the, the cost to spend ratio, when you think about how much, you know profits they make on every single one of those things it's insane like the the percentage difference is just completely insane but then again keep going back to this every time that ever comes up right one of the main reasons why theaters have to do that is because that's how they make their money to be able to stay open to run their business and to innovate because they're not really making it off of ticket sales and this is something I, i talked about from experience and i've mentioned it a lot about how I worked at a theater and was, you know, in con- obviously in communication with my managers. And one of the things that was always very clear was that opening weekends, first two weekends, normally the split is 90% of those ticket sales go to the studio, 10% stays with the theaters. The way the theaters get any money from that is because they, of course, just are well much overmarking, you know, vastly overmarking the price of popcorn and drinks. Vast profits come from that, obviously. And so they're able to work with that. And then, as a movie's time in theaters goes on, that split becomes a lot less, and it becomes much more profitable towards a you know a theater. And that's why when you do have these tentpole movies, that you know most of them these days don't really make money down down the long run. But for those that used to, for those that might still have that chance, think of a, a Top Gun Maverick, for instance. That was a very good movie for theaters, especially, right? It wasn't just a big win for Paramount. As far as the studio making money off of that, but it was also a huge win for the theaters because not only did they have a lot of people showing up up front, so they get some, you know, some, some of that, they get some of that money, a very small amount of that money, percentage wise. But then because people kept coming back week on and week on, you had just uh, her, not heroic. You you had uh, you know historical, historic level drops, right? Just the strongest holds that we've seen in quite a long time. That was very good too because once you get into that third, fourth plus. You're, you're talking about closer to that 50-50 and then over time even getting closer to where the theater is going to get the you know a lot more. And it really comes down to risk-reward, right? It's a higher risk for a theater to hold on to a movie longer after the first two weeks. So, therefore, they get a larger cut of anything that actually comes in. But anyway, I digress. The popcorn and hot dogs, though, uh, hot dogs themselves, I think when I was going to the theater more consistently, I think in college... A hot dog was about 3 or $4, which is quite a bit. Nowadays, I think they're probably closer to 5 to 6 if I had to guess. Thanks, Bidenflation. Bidenomics. Let's see. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you. Good, sir. Thanks for being here. Print screen in the chat at 727. We got GMonkey76 hanging out as well. What is going on? I did, again, post that link in all the different places, all the different uh, streaming sites. We are streaming on Rumble, on Odyssey, on YouTube, and also on Twitter as well. So if you are watching on Twitter, do leave some comments. They should be popping up here um, if you happen to post them. And as you all know, I do read comments as they come in before going into different topics. And all you need to do is put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin. Let's me know that you're trying to get my attention. And I appreciate it. Killy Chow in the chat, what's going on? J.S. Pena says, ahoy, ahoy to you, fear of FEMA in the chat. C.M. Chunk. Yes, 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 yes. All right, we got the Morak, who's a member, also tagging and saying, "Hail!" Filling out my Raven Awards nomination form here in frozen Wisconsin, Morak. Thank you very much, man. And I know if it's if it's cold, you know, down here, it's it's got to be really cold up in Wisconsin as well. I think that there's also snow coming in. Um, if you didn't get snow in this most recent storm, I think the one coming up this this weekend is set to hit a lot of these other areas. So, of course, always, you know, be safe you know, whatever it might be, be safe. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy, you know, just going out and I had lived in New York for about four years. And in fact, one of the years I was up there, I experienced one of these massive blizzards, like so bad that literally the sidewalks, which are normally very well salted, um, was just packed with, with snow and with, with ice. Um, and just, you know, the wind was crazy. I was seeing cars going sideways down the streets again, New York city streets. And so it was kind of insane, but, uh, it is honestly just having those reminders, just going outside today, um, you know, my son saying like, oh, I want to go walk on, it's like, no, you don't, it looks like snow, but it is not snow, it is solid, it is rock solid, and slippery, so that was why yesterday was fun, because most of it was snow, and we could play out there, and it was great, but today it's like, we really can't go out because it's dangerous, more so than anything else. See, Jacobite Wiseman says, An awesome movie would be an Almeric based on Robert Howard's novel. That's a very just out-of-the-blue comment. So, anyway, Kili Chow, what's going on? Baby Thor doing all right. Lady Freya doing all right. And Baby Sif also doing very well, too. Uh, Clefus McDonald, what's going on? Says, Odin, we talked about this. If you finish the last of the Pop-Tarts, you buy more. Well, okay. I will have to remember that then uh, in the future. See, Kevin Wang at 731 says, Do you think Fast 11, they will go back in time because they are going back to the old plot? I honestly don't know and don't really care. I I stopped caring, you know, after 7 because the 7 was the last film I actually had any desire to see. It was a massive disappointment for me. So the only ones that I really care about, the only ones that are, you know, alive in my head canon, I guess I could say would be the Fast and Furious 1 through through 6. But Kimberly G, Killian, Shadowcat, what's going on? Kimberly G says, hello, Odin Mods in chat. Frozen over in Missouri. Yes, 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 yes. We've all been a part of this now, huh? Heartbreak Ridge, hello, world. Hello, hello, Heartbreak Ridge. Zaid Manzani, who is tagging here, saying, long time since the last time I caught the stream live. Hope you're doing great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I'm doing just fine. King and Rumschke, uh time to say, sorry. dumb question. What day do the Raven Awards happen? Uh, not a dumb question, but it is for the simplest explanation, it is the same night as the Oscars. So the the kind of the the origins of the Raven Awards is as an Oscars boycott. And so that's why. I try to get most of the things to line up, and so as we all know, the nominations for the for those that maybe he used to know, or for me because I looked it up, because again I try to be as you know close to it as I can. The Oscar nominations, I believe, are set to come out next Monday or Tuesday, so which is why I'm doing this final push for those that have not yet um, you know put out there their nominations. I'll go ahead and post the link once again on all the places. So again, that is the form where you can put your nominations. If you don't have an option for every single category, that is totally fine, right? That is that is totally fine. Just please uh, make sure you put N slash A in whatever category you can't fill. So if you can only fill one of the categories for things like shill of the year or NPC of the year or best one liner, right? Or best stunt crew, whatever it might be. Uh, obviously, uh, fill in the ones that you can. So even if you haven't seen a whole lot this year, if there's movies that you want to see get some recognition, that that's why it's there. It's, it's much more uh, meant to be for, for the people. But uh, with that being said, looking at a very basic Google search, it looks like Sunday, March 10th, is when the uh, Raven Awards will be. We will be going around the same time, probably starting... Maybe a little bit earlier than the official Oscars broadcast. Definitely not going as long as the Oscars broadcast because good grief! But we have fun, and it's a it's a great alternative, I think, to the Oscars. And it's been something I've seen grow um, every year. And it's just to me, it's still crazy that this is the sixth annual. I can't believe that I've been doing not only YouTube that long and longer actually, uh, but also that the Ravens have been going on for as long as that. Let's see, Heartbreak Ridge says, But as you have demonstrated, a physical media collection can be hazardous. Yes. When you make silly decisions like having your shelf off the wall to have some renovations done behind it, uh, and so it's just in a freestand, and it's not the most high quality of shelves to be able to stand on its own without having some support. Yes. You are absolutely right. It can be very, very hazardous. Gary Banjo Sandwich, Worthington, what's going on? He is a member, secretly a member, of the uh, Ravens Committee. And I guess I will also explain a little bit about that. So I mentioned that in the, I think I've mentioned in previous videos or streams at least once or twice. That was something I was considering. And essentially what I've decided is we're still taking those nominations. So again, those nominations are very important. But essentially, if there are certain categories, because most of the time, this is the lowest yielding resulted part of the Ravens, right? Last year's Raven ballot, for instance, right? People voting on winners, you know, for for last year, we had over 340-ish people who actually submitted their votes, which for us was a very big deal. Again, we've been growing, um, it, it seems very much 50 to 100, I think you know, more people entering in every single year, which for me, you know, the ch- channel, you know, my the size of my channel things like that was, I think, a, a pretty good size and a pretty good metric of growth for me. Um, and so I've always been very happy for those that participate. But what has almost always notoriously been the the least participated is the nomination process. And I get it, right? A lot of people have only seen so many things. It gets very daunting when you're like, no, oh, now I've got to think of a movie but one of the reasons why I do that is because I do want people to have a voice, right? I want people to be able to, to bring out the movies, to bring out the people that they either want to, to praise as some of the best or to you know decimate as some of the worst. And so that's one of the many things as to why I, I even brought the Ravens into existence was just to have a place where we could just have fun, still have an award show because they can be fun. And, uh, you know, make some people happy or mad in the process. So, yeah. Um, because of that, though, because many of the categories have not gotten a lot of nominations in the past, and it's looking like it's going to be very similar numbers this year, I decided this year that over on CriticList, because obviously I've been very much, you know, uh, focused on the content over there because it's a lot of fun. It's just a great, great site. I've decided to create a, a secret council, as it were, a secret committee. Really not so secret committee at this point, obviously, since I'm talking about it. But what this committee's purpose is, just to kind of explain that, is let's say, because we only get about 40 right now, I think the last time I checked, for people that have submitted nominations were around at around 45. So just as a metric, 45 people have put in nominations. Last year, over 340, 350 voted in the actual ballot. So quite, quite a discrepancy there, right? And, and this is, again, about what the discrepancy has been every year that, that we have done it. And so I decided that, you know, in, in previous years, there were sometimes moments where I had to make decisions. And I didn't like the fact that I was either, you know, putting a movie in by giving it my own vote. And this was, again, trying to determine whether something was going to get the fifth spot or was going to get, in, in the case of of categories where we didn't even have even three or four you know, people with multiple nominations, things like that. And so I thought, you know what? This is something that I think can absolutely in you know, help me in the process. And to me, I think it's a lot more legitimate. So what I did was because Criticless is a free speech platform for one, but also two, it's full of movie nerds. So there are people who I can follow who I know are watching all the movies that come out in a year, right? Most people who watch me and a lot of them who even participate in the Ravens are not the ones that are going to the theaters all the time, not seeing all the films that are coming out. And so I thought, you know what? It might be a good idea to have a lot of people from that community on critic lists who I trust, right? Who I've seen their reviews. I've seen their consistency. They, they seem like very, very good people. Some of them are even members here on the Chaz. I have here Gary banjo Sandwich Worthington's channel highlighted. And I thought to myself, you know, this might be a better way of to go about getting those, you know, final, uh, final nominees in certain categories. So let's say, for instance, to kind of just show how this is going to work practically. Let's say that in the category for, you know, best writing, right? The best screenplay, the best story. Sorry, I think I have it as best story in film. And let's say only three movies have two or more nominations, right? Two or more people have nominated a film and all the rest are just one votes, right? And so I I decided that what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a ballot, a special ballot for the ones that I know have seen most, if not all of the films from this given year, or at the very least a much higher chance of having that and get their insights by them ranking how they would do it. Right. If you know what their number one, their number two votes would ultimately be. And that I think will be a better way to be able to round out some of these categories that don't always get a lot of participation, but also to help round out other categories like best picture, for instance. Right. So for us, for best picture, there are a lot of movies that got multiple nominations over and over again and there's a couple of really good ones that only got one. So, I think that it's going to be a good way because essentially it says, if more than one nominated, it, it's it got it. It's got its spot, right? Um, in, in an ideal world, it would be okay. If you've got ten nominees, you're in. If the next, more, next most is nine nominees and you're in, you know, seven nominations, you're in, things like that. But, we're talking about again a lot lower numbers here, and so essentially, that's all that this committee is there for is just to help uh, me determine what films and what people are most deserving of some of the final spots where there are not as many nominations, and to get their feedback because I think talking to those that have actually seen the same films that I have seen and that you know that, that a lot of other you know film nerds have seen this year, I think is going to be a good way of. Being able to not just, again, not just to respect that which y'all who have already nominated have done, right? But also to be able to maybe expand it out to others as well. But still using people that are completely legit and not going through other crazy nefarious means. So, anyway. Uh, Michael Burgett, what's going on? Welcome, Kevin Wang. I've already answered the question, Kevin. So, please do not ever, ever double post. There's never a need for it. Keck forty-four. What is going on? Heartwork. Sorry. Heartbreak Ridge says it's a balmy nine here right now. Yes, indeed, a, a balmy fifteen, I believe, is what this is saying at the uh, at the moment. So it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, it honestly, it honestly is. So I cannot believe it's actually as cold as it is. Kimberly G says it's six here. Feels like negative eleven with a mid chill. I haven't even looked at. What the, what the wind chill is, let me see if I open this right, it says uh, 15 low of 11, but that was from, I, I always hate that, so I don't know about y'all, but it drives me crazy in weather apps where you're looking at it and it says, you know, it's right now 15 and the low is going to be this, when in reality, it, you're just looking at the the morning of the same day. Like to me, if I'm looking at the low, I want to see what, okay, what is tomorrow? Like what's the lowest it's going to get down to? So according to this, the low is six. So it's going to get down to 6 degrees, it's going to get up to 32 degrees, and then uh, so on and so forth. But we're going to have some teens for actually several days. Um, so we'll have some ice on the ground for quite a bit. So that's why there's there's rumors and speculation, since it's only getting up to 32 tomorrow, and it's going to get back down to 16, which means the chances of things thawing are not high. the The hope is that since it's going to be sunny, that a lot of the roads and things like that would have some melting, right? Have some... Uh, You know less icy conditions and so it would be safer than to drive on the road even though it still be about 16 degrees but yeah I'm not getting much as far as what the wind chill factor is but we are under wind chill warning I'm sure many of y'all in the same area are there too. Let's see. Uh, Kili Chow says, And we're not talking about the Baltimore Ravens. We're talking about the Raven Awards. Yes, that's a very important distinction. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, My city had snow today. Very slushy pathways. UK goes all crazy over five inches. Nice. I think we had about an inch or two here. Master of Gaming says, Have you seen, as for Ava DuVernay's newest movie, Origin, the movie ISS and the political satire Founder's Day? I have seen the trailer for ISS. It looks intriguing, but I will say it does not really look that much like a film I would want to go out to see in theaters. It just does not really come across as an original idea that is is innovative. I feel like there have been films like that as far as just a general concept. You know, people in a small area kind of going crazy. Now, obviously, there's the socio-political ramifications of the plot of the movie that have been revealed to us in the trailers, um, but, yeah. So, I, that one could be a hit or miss, but it just seems like it's going to be kind of a B movie for me. Founder's Day, I've heard of it. Haven't seen anything for it. aver Juvenae's, I have not seen anything for it, and I probably don't plan to because I, I think Aver Juvenae is, is a complete and utter hack. Orange Chat says, is the desktop website for Criticlist having problems? Tried creating an account, and it isn't working. Um... Not to my knowledge. I I do not believe, uh, to my knowledge, that it is having any issues. Um, I'm going to try and see, like, my notifications are popping up. I'm able to see other people's profiles. I know that there was a moment where they had to shut some things down, but that was, like, a long time ago. So I would say maybe try going through uh, downloading the app and going through that way um, and see if that can work see, Michael Burgett tagged to say, Curious if you have heard about the film Freud's Last Session, I have. That's getting a decent release this weekend. It's based on a play of a fictional meeting between Freud and C.S. Lewis. Yeah, and I think, isn't it Anthony Hopkins who's in that movie as well? Isn't he the one playing Freud? I'm not sure. Or is he playing Lewis? Um, I forget exactly who is in it. But I, I have heard of it, and it is somewhat intriguing to me. All right, let's see. Cthulhu says, considering the Raven Awards, what 2023 movies did you miss that you wish you saw in the theaters? Well, I don't know about the theaters necessarily, but I do know that uh, there are films that I've heard good things about that I still um, absolutely want to be able to, to watch. Hold on one second. Story. I've been getting a lot of really random messages from from people who are trying to like sell me on stuff. They're like, we we really like your channel, and we really think that your channel has a lot of potential. And it's like, normally it's just one random one, and so it's very easily understood to be, like, spam and a scam and stuff. But it's been, like, several recently, and it's like, go away. Go away now. Anyway, so the films that I've heard about that I've been wanting to see are films like Past Lives. I've heard some good things about that. Heard also good things about the film Maestro as well. I think that's on Netflix I um, have also heard good things about Anatomy of a Fall, and uh, let me see, I think those are kind of the main ones, I've heard some things about Zone of Interest, but that, that movie is just so hard to find in general, I don't think I'm going to wait to watch that one before I, I give my official top, top 10 list of the year, Wayward Noodle, who's a member, what's going on, Steven. Gotta say, still any update what movie you plan to see first this year in theaters? No, not not really. I, I mean I'm I'm trying to look at the actually, you know what? It'd probably be easier for me to do this since we're do we are doing some movie talk and we've been talking about the Ravens. Let me see if I can pull up the release schedule. I still find that one of the better release schedule um, that for me visually makes a lot of sense is over on the numberscom so let me go ahead and pull that up, so that way we can all look at this together. So again, the question was, what is the first movie in theaters that I'm going to watch? Again, there's there's none that I know of off the top of my head, um, but again, this weekend, January 19th, you do have ISS. Again, looks okay, maybe, but not really something that that's driving me to want to actually go and see it. Um... You then have a special engagement of Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Let's see. The next major wide release you have is Miller's Girl. No idea what that is meant to be a a reference to. Um, The Chosen Season 4, not my thing. Argyle, February 2nd. My guess is that the next film I might have to watch in theaters, not because I want to, but because it'll be homework for Friday Night Tights, would probably be Argyle, I think because of Henry Cavill being in the movie, but also still not a film I have that much interest in. I don't really find the trailers to be that good. I love Henry Cavill, but Matthew Vaughn can be kind of all over the place sometimes, and the writer specifically, I think my main concern with it is the writer is also uh, not very consistent when you look at what his filmography is. Lisa Frankenstein then comes out after that. Not anything interesting there. Uh, Turning red. By the way, for those wondering, like, why didn't you talk about the fact that Soul didn't make any money in the, the weekend, you know, uh, in the box office breakdown for this past weekend? Because I did not need to talk about it because who honestly thought that movie was going to do anything? They released it back during the pandemic straight onto Disney Plus. And it's now been, what, three years or so since that movie was released on Disney+. Plus. Who would have thought that a movie that, for me, actually, I liked. I actually thought Soul was one of the better films. It was, when you look at all the films they decided to put out in theaters that year, that was one of the better films that they really should have put out in theaters instead of some of the other garbage uh, that they ended up putting out. However... I didn't cover it. I didn't cover it because if anyone thought that film was gonna make money, especially when no one really saw it except for maybe some people on Disney Plus, I just again that's why I'm not gonna talk about turning red because I'm gonna tell you my prediction right now. It's gonna not do well, maybe even do worse. I, I mean that that's really not much of a prediction, and yeah, to, to me that's this uh, that's low hanging fruit for me. I have no interest in the Bob Marley movie. Madame Wed. Okay, so. If if Gary does not make us watch, all right, if Gary does not make us watch the film Argyle. The film I know he will make us watch in theaters is Madame Webb. For obvious obvious reasons. Um and the only thing that would keep me from it is February 14th, for those that don't know. Not only is that the feast of St. Valentine, whatever your Valentine's Day nonsense that the media pushes on you and that the You know, the various corporate structures try to push on you as well. It's nonsensical. Uh, So the Feast of the martyr St. Valentine, is what it should be. But this year, it's Ash Wednesday. So because of that, Ash Wednesday, obviously, I I still have not pinpointed what I'm doing for Ash Wednesday. Or rather, what I'm doing for the season of Lent this year. But I tend to give up certain things. Not just food-based, but sometimes social media-based. Sometimes uh, technologically, te- 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 technologically based things like that, um, and so I don't know exactly what's going to happen because that is going to be a very important day spiritually, uh, and so timing is going to be a question there. Obviously, I- I'm sure that they'll have special showings. My, I-, I guess would have special showings on that Tuesday, on on Fat Tuesday, on the uh, on Shrove Tuesday, as it's known more traditionally. So, yeah, m- those would be my guesses. But there's really not a whole lot coming out anytime soon. As far as films that I actually would want to see. By the way, apparently, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, they're making a sequel. Oh, goodness. Wow. Um, Let's see. Nothing there that I can see. Nothing there. So, for me... Okay. The Mar- So, the month of March is going to be the, f- the, th- the films that are some of my most anticipated of the year. Okay? Because Dune Part 2, which was my most anticipated, comes out March 1st. And then March 8th, a week later... My top three most anticipated film, Cabrini, comes out, and I'm definitely going to be seeing that. Um, you know, it's a it's a story of it of a Catholic saint, Saint Francis Xavier Cabrini. So films that I want to see, I'm not looking at anything until March, unless I hear about some other random independent film, maybe. But that's about it. Let's see. It. J.S. Pena getting back now into the chat says, "Hope my pick for show of the year gets picked." One of the beautiful things about the nomination process is that I do not collect uh, emails, so I don't know who has made what nominations. So, I, I do not know. Let's see. Wayward Noodle says, From sunny Florida, filled my awards out last week. Ah, yes, you Floridians. Always shoving it in the face of others. But here's the thing. I am not jealous of you because I like this. I like having snow. The fact that I had a snow day, the fact that I was able to go outside and build a couple snowmen... And have a snowball fight with my son—that's a special moment. That—that's something that's gonna stick with me, and it's something that I really hope and pray we are able to have uh, more often than than the ones we've been getting. So, like the last one I remember that was like this here was back in 2020 when we actually had first found out that we were that we were uh, expecting baby Thor at the time. Uh, Steven. will you be going to MegaCon? So right now I'm hoping to. That's really all I can say. Uh, it really comes down to some logistics. My my wife has not yet, to my knowledge, talked to her uh, her boss, her company, because there is a, uh, a conference that's happening in relationship to their work that's actually going to be in New Orleans. And since we have family there, there's the potential where, that she goes to that conference around that same weekend and then is able to h- get help watching the kids because that's obviously the biggest thing there. If that's able to be a possibility, then I would absolutely, uh, you know, go down to MegaCon. Probably, you know, get in late Friday, be there Saturday, and then head out after Mass on Sunday. Um, would probably be right now what, what the plan would be. However, as I said, I do not have confirmation. A lot of it is just dependent upon one whether my wife is going to be going to that conference, can go to that conference, whatever it might be, and then two. Uh, whether or not child care and child help more so than anything else is going to be a possibility. Lady Tharp of Hastings, hail to you. Thanks for being here. By the way, that just reminds me, for any of my Keeper the Bifrost level uh, people and above, uh, again, I do apologize that I have not been as active with the Giveaways channel recently. Uh, just a lot of craziness here at home, and I know that all of y'all can always understand that. I've got still like a shelf full of movies set to give away, so I'll try to make sure if I can find sometime tomorrow, because technically I'm off from school, but I'm not off because when you got the the kids who are also at home, it's 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 really like you're not off at all. Uh, so if if <laughs> so, I, I will try to get some giveaways up and running soon. Uh, I do always want to try to make sure that we get several of those, and I feel and that y'all feel it's worth um, that membership level. So again, I do apologize for anyone who has been waiting on those, Steven. Uh, who tagged here at 746, says, do you think this will be the first year no movie makes a billion dollars at the box office? There is that potentiality. I know that there are some uh, some who randomly, I think, point to films like Dune. The problem with Dune Part 2 is that the first Dune was not a massive financial success, just in and of itself, right? Budget compared to to total money. I, I know it came out at a time when there was still legitimate excuses for theaters not being available, I think from from what I can remember but I, I do also have to look to the, the fact that it's still also coming from a very niche property that is not broad ranging in scope. Now I think because Denis Leneuve is behind it and because they were able to get uh, a cast of, of, of actors that have universal appeal across various demographics that might be able to help it but I think that film has a ceiling of, I think, four to eight hundred million. And I know that's quite a wide range. But as of right now, that's what I see as, as a possibility for it. Now, we won't know until the opening weekend. We won't know until we get more information about that. But um, that would be my, my guess, is, is that that film will not be a billion dollar film. Some also think, well, maybe Kung Fu Panda 4, it is universal. And I do think that if any studios animated company is going to be able to do something like that, you might be able to see that come out of them and, and their Kung Fu, you know, Kung Fu, uh, Kung Fu Fan, uh, Kung Fu Fandom, Kung Fu, I did it again, Kung Fu Panda franchise. Um, I guess the issue with that, if you if you go ahead and just, I'll pull this up, the issue when it comes to that franchise is that it's not really a billion dollar franchise. Right. So these are unadjusted numbers, by the way. But even when you adjust them, I think they would just miss out on a billion. So the first film back in 2008 made 631 million, 664 million a few years later and then five twenty one. And so they were actually going down. Right. The numbers were actually getting less. So I think you have a, a franchise that's probably gotten a little bit tired domestically look at this 215 to 165 to 143 because we're going ahead in time remember this would be actually worth a lot more this would be worth a lot more but not as much a little bit more but not as much and so you're you're seeing probably close to half of the initial audience that saw this film domestically not being there for the third film so because of that i think kung fu panda is not going to be one of those films that is able to to surprise anybody uh, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire same same story really I, again the the last Ghostbusters film it did fine it did okay at the box office it was not a, a mega hit it, it was not a, a a huge massive hit or success uh, for any of the MonsterVerse fans out there and I wanted to specify there are MonsterVerse fans and then there's also the MonsterVerse cult and if you're honest you know that there is absolutely a cult following to this movie um, but just looked at any of these movies. None of the films have actually on paper been profitable. Toe has been making money, but as far as how much was spent, typical marketing, things like that, these have not been massive movies, right? These have not been billion dollar films or even close to that. So I highly doubt that movie is going to be able to do so. People need to look to history to that. Um, the franchise has just not shown itself to have that kind of, of power to it. um, let me see. King of the Planet of the Apes, same thing. I would actually say that that franchise has been okay, but it has not been a, you know, it has not been a, a massive uh, franchise. This is going to include probably all of the Planet of the Apes movies, so let's just see here. So we have Planet of the Apes, twenty sorry, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That was 470 The best they had was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes back in 2014, made 710 So again, Adjust for Inflation inflation gets that closer probably to 8 900 million maybe and uh War for the Planet of the Apes back in 2017 you saw a decrease there so that film again half a billion not a billion dollar franchise uh, not really even close right at the, at the at the peak of it it was still maybe a couple hundred million dollars away so that film probably also not going to be in the cards there for anyone who's thinking that it would be um Inside Out 2, I'm going to say right now, I'm not even going to go into the financials because Disney-Pixar used to be guaranteed money. But remember, not a single movie last year from all of their releases, right, from, from Pixar, Walt Disney Animation, MCU, whatever it was, not a single Disney film last year made money with the exception of one and it was one of those barely if the marketing actually was what we think it is. So, if they spent more on money than we than we initially realized for Guardians 3, then actually it would have been a loss there, okay? So, that's what we're dealing with. And so, Inside Out, don't think, oh, it's a Disney animated film. Oh, it's a follow-up to Inside Out, which was a pretty good movie and and got a lot of positive praise. D- Disney is not successful anymore. D- Disney is struggling a lot. Disney is struggling quite a bit. So, again, I don't even have to really look into those numbers to, to be able to see... That that's just not going to be really likely in the cards. Disney has to have a major turnaround if that's ever going to be the case. Uh, the V4, maybe. You know what? N- now that I'm getting to this one, I will say, hey, if you want to say if you want to see right now, and I'll just stop here. If you can think of if there's any other films you want me to look at, please let me know in the comments. Um, but as far as where we are now, right now, we're in the July uh, you know summertime releases. If there was any movie that had any potential to maybe get to that billion dollar mark in 2024, it would be this one. And and here's the reason why. All right. First film, 2010, 544. So that means the first film adjusts for inflation, what, maybe closer to 700, 750. But look at 2013, Despicable Me 2. You adjust that, that's a billion dollars. Minions made over a billion before you adjust for inflation. Despicable Me 3, over a billion dollars before you adjust adjust for inflation. Minions Rise of Gru got very, very close to a billion dollars. Very, very close to a billion dollars. So, yes, I would actually say that Despicable Me 4, on paper, based on simple historical fact, has a stronger chance than any other this year, I think, to be the film that makes a billion. I don't think it is, but as far as which film will likely do it, that if, if you had to make me bet money, that's the movie I would probably end up going with without looking at the others. And so let me know if there's others that you want me to look at. Let's see. Shorty Short, Laura says, best snack choice is always a kid's pack, usually candy, popcorn, and soda for $6. I wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. 40 people watching on YouTube. Thank y'all. Um, if you have never gotten the kids pack and you're if, you're if you have an amc and you go to an amc it's actually the best deal you can get and i'm not saying it's a good deal financially if you were to look at the individual cost of all those items you're still overspending but you get just enough popcorn to be happy you get the taste of it you can put the butter on and all that other stuff like you'd be happy right you'd be happy you also then get a soft drink, but you can get in a very tiny cup. But you can also get and substitute a bottle of water for free. So you can get a bottle of water for free with that. You can also substitute your candy for an upcharge. So the way I normally go is I get the bottle of water because you just get more ounces you know, in your beverage for it. Same price. And then I take the upcharge of about $2 and get Junior Mints. That's my, my go-to candy um, at the theater. And that's about $8. It's about $8. And I think it is a lovely little package, for sure. Let's see. Heartbreak Ridge says, Your not-so-secret committee agenda. Exactly, right? Forever Sci-Fi, double secret nominations. (laughs) As I said, it is only to determine from the votes that only get one vote. Right? If I happen to have a category where I've got Ten votes, nine votes, eight votes, seven votes, six votes, five. Like if I've got a clear, you know, five people, five choices where I've got those multiple nominations, they're not going to vote on that one. The only ones that they're going to vote on are where it's like I've got two people who have gotten multiple nominations and then I've got three spots of which there is a series of single nominations to go through again. It's 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 important to be able to have those things filled. Cthulhu says, I think I filled out the awards nominations, but not sure if it's saved. If I submit a second time, will it double count? Um, again, if, if you submit it again, Icthulu, you're someone who's on, around here all the time. So, if it does double count, if anything, it just helps me because it might push a movie into a oh, there's more than one nomination for it. So, Wayward Noodle trolling by double posting there. Love you, Victor Fontaine. What is going on? Welcome, Forever Sci Fi. a member says, I lived in Chicago for 15 years and I've seen two feet of snowfall. And weather so cold, the plastic part of my wiper turned to powder when I accidentally hit it. Yeah, I mean my my car. I because we were driving uh, my wife's car, SUV. You know, pretty much both the day yesterday. So my car just got you know sat there and got covered in snow. Is awesome. I haven't even gotten close to it today because I'm like, oh, boy. All that snow that stayed on the car is now just probably complete solid ice. Um, But I don't know. I find that stuff to be really cool and and to be really, you know, fascinating. So um, I will go ahead and just pull this up, though, now uh, because we've been talking about the Ravens, of course. But if you have not, as I said, if you have not yet put your nominations forward, here is what it looks like. So this is, again... The uh, Not the official ballot, but rather the nomination ballot, you could say. And so, let's say Best Movie of the Year in 2023. You want to put in uh, The Iron Claw. You want to put in The Holdovers. You want to put in Godzilla Minus One. You want to put in a film, uh, another film that that I haven't mentioned, right? Those are just some of my favorites of the year, right? Uh, Nefarious, uh, Sound of Freedom, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, Operation Fortune, Roost de Guerre, John Wick Chapter 4, whatever it might be, you put that in. You just put one movie in that, and okay, that category is done. The second one, Ryan, Kathleen Kennedy, Ryan Johnson, and Zack Snyder Award for Excellence in Crap Building, our worst movie of the year, right? Same thing. What you thought was the worst movie of the year, you put the name of it in, and okay, you're done. And then you just keep on going down. There, there's only really a couple where you have to actually think a little bit, so, for instance, someone said, "Oh, this is too much research. I don't like this category. It's not hard to look these things up, I think." But anyway, whatever you thought was the best low-budget film of the year. So, if there's a film, maybe you've already known of saying, "I can't believe they only spent fifteen million dollars on that Godzilla movie." For instance, okay, boom, that that would be a film that you could nominate. There's also others, Iron Claw, cost only fifteen million dollars too. So, a plethora of those. Let me think. Other ones that you would actually have to think about. Oh. Uh, fight, scene, action, sequence. That would be one that you'd have to think about. um, Just because you have to try to, in, in the most script terms you can, describe, you know, the movie, of course, but then also what's seen in the movie. So, John Wick Chapter 4, I imagine, is going to get a lot of nominations. For that one, you would just have to say, you know, John Wick Chapter 4, the Osaka fight, right? The Osaka Continental fight. That that could be one. The stair fight. Right. You could have that listed as well. Right. That's the only one that you have to maybe think a little bit more on in that way. And then I think after that, the uh, best stunt work, this is for a movie specifically. So best stunt work in film. So not really as much thinking there. And I think the most complicated one, the one that I always have to go through the most, just because everyone's going to word it a little bit differently sometimes is best one-liner or quote movie and line. So all you have to do for that is put the movie and then the line that you really enjoy. So if you've not filled out your ballot, I'll go ahead and, and just post that one more time. So this is again, um, you know, whatever you are, uh, whatever that, it, wherever it is that you're watching, you should have seen a link got posted by me, and you can go ahead and fill that form out. And within the next 24 hours-ish, 24, 48 hours, I'm going to close off the nominations. And then um, I'm in the process already of collecting things. And so obviously if things change, I'll update that. And then I'll I'll have a special ballot for the committee to help uh, fill in those remaining nominations. And again, it's not going to be that they are putting forth their specific nominations. It's they're ranking the options left that got just a single vote. And then it is going to be, obviously, the average of, of okay, who got the highest um, percentage, who got the best rating overall compared to all the others. And those will get the last one or two spots in, in various categories. So I'm excited. I'm excited to, to be able to have full categories this year because in almost every other year, when you get to whether it be things like maybe one-liners or stunts or fight sequences or other things like it, we were sometimes left with just three movies or three things that got nominated. It's like I, I want to be able to showcase more if we can, and that's why going to my people over at CriticList because again, it's a place for for movie fans. It's a place for for physical media, uh, not physical media, just for movie and and TV fans for you know just content. And, by the way, Orange Chat saw that you are over there now. So, hey, go ahead and follow Orange Chat Reviews. I'm also going to make him... He's going to be a part of my Friends with Benefits. So, that just means that if I go to a movie that he's reviewed, uh, I'm going to see a score that if any of the Friends with Benefits list has reviewed it, that's the score I see, too, which is great. So, you get an audience score, what all of the users have said about a specific movie. People you trust, Friends with Benefits in their own category, and then you also, of course, see yours if you have actually reviewed it, so again, shout out to the man with the orange hat over there, gets a follow from me, but again, it, it's a wonderful platform, there's the Raven Awards Committee, I won't let you see what's going on there, really a whole lot, really not a whole lot, I should say, is is going on, and now I'm probably going to get a thousand notifications, because orange hat is going to be, dude, once you get started putting reviews out on this thing it it is a drug it is addicting it is something where when well, i remember when i first got it i was putting out so many reviews i had people messaging me <laughs> this is before they got their notifications figured out by the way because now you can you know kind of fine-tune what notifications you want but i'd be like notified every time someone would post a movie review uh that i was following and then i was blowing up other people's because of you know posting so much but uh let's see what orange chat had to say boom i agree. That's a a great score right now, orange chat, for Godzilla minus one. It is absolutely one of the best. You get a like from me, good sir. But anyway, this is the site that I've been using to find people who have seen a lot of the modern stuff and can obviously be trustworthy to be a part of that committee. All right. Rob D at 757. It's 822 in real life. So I'm still about 20 to 30 minutes behind as I normally do. Rob D. says, Hello, Odin just finished submitting my nominations for the Ravens. Only could submit for about half the rest were not available. Rob D., no problem, dude. Again, you could have nominated in categories that need that extra one or two nominations. So, anyway. Um, I just saw this comment. I find it interesting because Anthony Hopkins, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Orange Hat, were you the one that sent me this film? Where Anthony Hopkins plays C.S. Lewis? I forget who sent that to me, or who had recommended that one to me. Um, but I find it interesting that Hopkins is now in a movie who is playing Freud. And again, to me, acting-wise, makes complete sense for him to be able to pull off that role. But also that I think he has played C.S. Lewis in in another film. King and Rumshki at 757 over on Rumble says, Oh boy, I think we all know what 2023 movie you missed that you wish you saw in theaters. Now, what King and Rumske is trying to do is he's trying to insinuate that somehow, some way, I would have wanted to see The Meg 2. Even though I've always made it incredibly clear to, to him and, and to most people, I have no interest in ever seeing that movie. And, and may God have mercy on your soul. Kimberly G, yes, I will probably be forced to watch Madame Web if I had to guess. Icthulu says, I have to say that Flaming Hot was a cute, fun family movie. It's holy fiction, but just a pleasure to watch like an old 80s movie. Recommend. I've heard good things about it, Icthulu. Um, if you don't have a criticalist account, I recommend getting one and putting those reviews out there because guess what? Can't tell you how many people on that site have been able to influence me in the movies that I watch because, again, it's a place for fans. It's, it's a place for people to be able to go, and it's just, to me... Even already with such a small community, it is so much better and more trustworthy than Rotten Tomatoes could ever hope to be. That's why one of the one of the again, there's many reasons as to why, you know, many motivations, right? Free speech being one. But another is that they want to be a place for people to be able to go to actually have trustworthy ratings. Again, you go to the reviews for Barbie, there's people that have given that film, remember, on their scale, for their top score, it's most excellent. For their next, it's rad. Then it's decent, next level's bogus, the worst is heinous. So you got people like me on there who have, I think, most accurately, labeled Barbie as a heinous movie because it's garbage. But then you also do have other people that have had rad, even most excellent ratings for it. So there's a good mixture of normie-type audience, right? There's those that are more film critic right, who are looking more into the... Uh, cinematography and and looking at those just very you know specific objective elements that sometimes people you know other people don't necessarily care about, um, and, and then you just have other people that are just random fans of other things. It, it's it's really been fun to find more and more things to be enjoying in it. Prince Green says Miller's Girl Miller's Girl stars Jenna Ortega and Martin Freeman is about a teacher and student who have a complicated relationship. To put it lightly, oh no. No, no, no. Why? Why why are we still making movies about that? It just... It makes you, it makes you ask a lot of questions about the people behind these projects. General Wingster, a pet troll. Leave me alone, Odin. I'm watching Con Air. That's a great film. But I have one thing I need to say to you. Put the bunny down. Heartbreak Ridge at 802 says, I fear for your health. If you are forced to watch Madame Webb, I will pray that this cup will pass from you. <laughs> appreciate it. Orange Hat, who is a member, says, I do believe the real St. Valentine died rather horribly as he wouldn't denounce his faith, hence the martyrdom. I might be remember that wrong. He was beheaded. Orange Hat. Yes, he, he he was beheaded. That's why I always appreciate whenever everyone's like, Ooh, Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day. Part of me is always like wants to be the very based friend-slash-commenter who, who's hearing this like in an outward conversation to say, like, oh, do you get really excited about the commemoration of the beheading of St. Valentine? <laughs> here's a picture. Here, here's an art rendering of the beheading of St. Valentine. Rob D., what's going on? Master of Gaming, I voted for the Ravens a month ago. I figured you were one of those early persons. Kili Chow, there seriously needs to be a Winnie the Pooh stoner comedy. Does there? Does there really? Michael Bergat says, I heard reports the Wim Wenders film Perfect Days is supposed to release on February 7th. It's the film that Japan listed as their candidate for best foreign film instead of Godzilla Minus One. Dang. Wow. Obviously, very different culture there. So, I would be probably somewhat interested. The issue is that Godzilla Minus One was already so limited in its reach. I can only imagine what a film like Perfect Days would be reach-wise, especially not having the Godzilla name attached to it. By the way, Baby Thor had never had really any experience with Godzilla before, and he we brought him into the office earlier, and he immediately sees two things. One, he sees the tire, and he's like, "'What's that? That's a wheel!' That's a so wheel. I'm like, yeah, it is. And then his eyes shift, and like for a moment, he goes, "What's that?" And I'm like, "That's Godzilla." So uh, I think it's the early sign that uh, he's gonna he's gonna be a fan of legitimate Godzilla movies. I will go ahead and say that right now. Felicitas says, "Inside Out 2, it will be about puberty, and she will be non-binary. And if that is absolutely true and confirmed." Right now, it's all speculation. But if that is confirmed, it absolutely will be one of the biggest financial fl- failures of the year, no doubt in my mind. Favorite sci-fi, Kung Fu Panda should have stopped at three at the latest. Though I would have, uh, though one would have been the best. Yeah, I thought the first one was fine, and then after that, I'm like, eh. Prince Screen, Joker Two has a shot at a billion dollars. Ah, uh, I yeah. So I know. Let me see if I can look that up for a second. So here is the thing with Joker 2, okay? Because in general, I would say that the, the principle I'm sure that you're using on this one would be valid, all right? So for those that don't know, we were talking earlier about what films I think have a chance of getting a billion. As of up to the summer, That that's as far as I went in the release schedule the only movie that made any sense to do so was Despicable Me 4. And that's only because if you look at the history of that franchise, almost all of them, you know, the first one set the stage, right? And adjust for inflation, you're getting to $750, $800 million worldwide. After that, all of the films have been either billion-dollar films outright or have been easily adjusted inflation number for a billion. Um, or in the case of the most recent Minions movie, just missed out on a billion dollars. And so those films have always been up there. So if any film would be able to do it, mathematically, historically, that seems to be the one. All right. Now, someone just brought up Joker 2. So here's here's one thing. First, the first Joker movie had just the very simple name Joker. All right. This might seem like a silly point, but that is sometimes enough to actually have an impact on whether someone sees your movie. A bad film title Can absolutely impact it because sometimes you'll see a movie title and say, "I don't know what that means. I am not quite sure what this is, and so therefore I'm just not going to worth worry about spending my time, energy, and and money on a film." So the fact that this film is already "Joker" fully, fully, fully adieu, which someone who's not really a French speaker, I, I can never know what to say and how to say it properly, but. What I can say about this, so billion dollars doesn't have the potential to, obviously, we could say in theory, right, in potentiality, maybe, but then we got to go down just to the the general facts, okay? The first Joker, right, Joker 1, this was a phenomenon, right? This was a global phenomenon. It made over $300 million here domestically, but it was the international push that really pushed it over the edge. Right. And the United Kingdom was a a big part of that. Seventy two million dollars from then, forty-eight from France, forty six from Japan, forty-three from from Mexico. All right. So they had a lot. They also did not have any money from China, which is always a good thing and is always a, a pretty big deal. The issue, I think, that exists is that not only do you now have a complicated title, and again, if, if we're honest, it is definitely, you know, Joker. Is, is obviously one thing if you then go to Joker Follet Adieu not nearly as simple you also though have this follow up expectation right so people like the first one but I think if you ask a lot of people oh is it a movie that you've watched over and over and over again some people right some of those the, I think you could say a niche part of the audience probably are of that but I think a lot of a lot more people I think I would even include myself in this I've only seen it I think one extra time and I, I own it on 4K. I think it's a brilliant film. It's a film that I would actually want to rewatch, but I still also haven't. And I think that says a lot to it, right? Not that the movie's not good, but rather that it doesn't have the same quality um, as having that first experience, right? That that raw emotion that is put forward by Joaquin Phoenix, that is put forward by the screenplay, that is just put forward by all these different elements. And because of that, because of that, I think, This movie does not have as strong of a chance. Again, historically on paper. But in this case, too, we're dealing with a film that everyone was surprised got to a billion as an R-rated movie. Add the the complicated title, but then also add this. We don't have a trailer yet, so we don't know exactly how it's going to play out. But it's also being presented as a musical. Musicals are a hard sell in today's world. Just Talk to the Color Purple... Just talk to West Side Story. Just talk to most musicals that have come out in the last few years. It's just not a property. It's just not a medium, a genre that that is doing well. So I just think there's too many things working against this specific film that would then take over for the historical. Um, again, I go back to Despicable me. There's a pattern of behavior, right? There's there's a very similar release schedule. There's obviously very similar uh, titling, right? Just Minions One, Minions Two, Rise of Gru, right? All of these things are are very simple to understand. And so there's a good reason to use that historical context to to mention how that film likely would get to a billion. Whereas in the case of Joker, you have just the one Joker film. That was a phenomenon. Can you catch lightning in a bottle twice? It's not a guarantee. That's why one is lighting the bottle and the other is not. Abomination, hanging out over on Odyssey, what's going on? As long as they don't ruin the protagonist with some random diverse girl boss in this before 4. Yeah, I mean, ultimately though, when you get down to it, a lot of those films have stayed away from most of that. Cthulhu, the biggest shame of all is that Despicable Me forgot about the father and daughter story. It's so rare to see and was the most important plot point of that IP. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good point. Uh, Laura says, whoa, 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 you can sub bottled water at AMC? Sweet. Yeah. I mean, again, California can sometimes be crazy with certain things. But as long as I have, before I worked, when I worked, after the fact, you can upgrade to a, a bottled water. And it is, uh, yeah. So, basically, your choice is either the base model, as you could say, is a bottle of water or a cup. So, that was the last I had heard. But, yeah, is good. Osmosis Jones was better says General Wingster Rob D what do you think will win worst movie of the year Barbie or the Marvels do you mean for the Raven Awards I honestly don't know don't forget Rebel Moon is a contender now too there's a lot of nominations coming out that's a category where there are several films with multiple nominations so not as much work for for the committee to fill in the rest but uh, yeah nomination gonna be hard to beat Godzilla for best low budget I think you're right Um, The one in my mind, because I do think it's better on paper, is Iron Claw. You know, if those were the only choices that I had right now, my vote vote would go to Iron Claw. Though I think both are phenomenal. Master of Gaming, are you planning to see The Beekeeper? Not really. Not really. Jason Statham, generic action. Unless he's in a Guy Ritchie movie, usually I'm not interested in seeing anything that he has to do. That's why I still haven't seen the Meg 2 and have no plans to. Shout out to to King Kane Rumsky. (laughs) Orange Hat, I just finished my Godzilla Minus One review. Yep, I was able to to highlight that one. Uh, He also posted a review for Monarch Legacy of the Monsters. I'm only in the first episode, I think. And I will say this right now, I don't like it. Because the lead actors are not good. The, the the main uh, was it the main Asian actors that, that start at the very beginning are not good. I haven't even gotten into any of the extra stuff with it, but oh uh, no. Again, all this monsterverse stuff, I just, I just don't get it. I don't understand why people enjoy it. Orange hat, that wasn't me. The only one I remember recommending for you was Finding Forrester. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Uh, Hopkins did play Lewis in Shadowlands. So someone, someone did send me Shadowlands, and I forgot who sent it to me. I think it was Laura, but again, I can never be sure. May- oh, maybe it was Bruce. If that, if, if it wasn't Orange Hat, then it may have been either Laura or Bruce. Laura says, tell FNT that you're giving up watching bad content for Lent. I wish, man. Oh, Laura, 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 Laura. I wish. I wish. I really, really do. Uh, if that was even a possibility, I, I would, but... Because my schedule's already so insane with with the kids and not always being able to be on the entire show and, and all that stuff, you know. And also giving up the the, the the meat on Fridays so I can't do the so I can't do the, the pepperoni pizza anymore is, is a big deal. All right, see so Rob D says, that's cheating. You have to give up something you like. Odin has to give up watching objectively good content for Lent. Well, here's the thing. No, 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 no. Okay. That's also a misunderstanding of the Lenten season. Okay. So if we're talking about it from a purely uh, physical lens, I guess, physical dimension, you would have a point, right? Giving up a certain sweet that maybe you enjoy. For me, ice cream, right? Giving up ice cream and other sweets in general. I I like having a a dessert typically at the end of the night. Uh, That's the kind of thing that would be a, a physical sacrifice. But I am also of the mindset that the spiritual sacrifices are the ones that are much more important. So not just the sacrifice, but also doing more, right? Adding more time to prayer. And so giving up bad things actually would, right? So giving up bad content, watching bad content actually would be legitimate because then it's, I'm choosing to not watch something that I know will make me mad, that I know will bring my soul down. Um, So, actually, that would be a good thing. Anyway, Laura, I'm shocked by how low some people rank great movies on critic lists. I do a lot of reviews in defense lately, like Hidalgo with Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, and that's the thing, uh, Laura, is that there's just such a diverse community of opinions, right? And I say diverse in the way it should be, all right, in the wake of MLK Day, right? I wish to live in a country, or I long to live in a country where my children are judged based off the content of the character, not the color, not the color of their skin. What you have is actual true diversity over on critic list, and that is you have a diversity of thought, a diversity of opinion, right? Because you mentioned absolutely correctly, right, that there are a lot of movies out there that are gonna be, and what's great too is that it leads to some very fun discussions. Because there's some classics that people have given garbage reviews to. And it's like, how could you do this? So, it's it's movie nerd talk. That's what's so great. Like, imagine the old days when, if you were the one of these persons like I was, you'd go to the theater every weekend. You'd get out of the theater. You'd spend time, hours sometimes in the parking lot, talking to your friends about the movie, catching up in life, right? But all of it always stemmed from the movie itself. You're basically getting a lot of that from, from an online community. So, uh, I, I've actually, myself, never seen uh, Hidalgo. Uh, so, uh, but right now it's actually got a, wait a minute. This says it has a decent rating. However, did someone's review get, get deleted or did they actually, uh, delete their reviews overall? Cause I'm only seeing two reviews, but it says there are three and the score is decent. But based on what I'm seeing, I see Laura's and I see deaf Rose and that would make it a, a rad score. But anyway, um, that's the kind of thing. So this is what Laura was talking about, about Hidalgo. Never seen it myself. I'd be interested. But yeah, these are the kinds of movies that you have some on here that maybe you are a big fan of. Maybe others are a big fan of. And you can you can have these discussions. It's fun. It really is so much fun. I'm not just again, you know, full discretion. I am not paid by criticalists. I am not sponsored by them. Um, No expectations. I'm just a fan. 'm I'm, I'm one of those persons where it's like, look, I love what y'all are doing. i um I've even got so the lady Freya, you all know the lady Freya, right? So she likes movies in a general sense, but she's never really been interested in this space. And yet when she started actually looking at it and she was already like from the from the get-go, she was like, I really do like the overall scheme. I, I do like the uh the visuals. I, I like the way in which. Uh, the the mindset uh, behind it, right? Less so the free speech stuff. That's something that she actually doesn't really care that much about. But just much more so the overall aesthetic is the word I was looking for there. And now she's on it, and and we just watched all the Harry Potter films and put our reviews out there. If you, if you don't follow her, you know, she's third or nothing at third or nothing. It's a reference to uh, an amazing uh, off Broadway show called Puffs, and it's been fun to 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 be like every time I watch a movie. We are watching movies now, more movies now, because we are excited about being able to write and talk about it after, uh, specifically with the critical score in mind. Orange At Odin, put the bunny back in the box. No. Cthulhu, Odin getting in touch with his inner geek, actually St. Valentine. Actually, St. Valentine. Uh, Kikidremski, do you have any favorite monster in the MonsterVerse? Not counting Godzilla. Um, If you mean the MonsterVerse, as in like the legendary MonsterVerse, no, because it's it's garbage. If you mean the actual universe, like going back to the nineteen fifty, was it nineteen fifty four original movie? um, Obviously, Godzilla is is my favorite. I have also always been a fan of Mothra. I don't know why. But it's a Mothra movie that always sticks in my head. I just remember flying over like the town and like the poison. That That's always been an image that's stuck within my head. I've never claimed to be an expert in OG Godzilla. But I do have seen OG Godzilla. I know what OG Godzilla looks like. Godzilla minus one, very much a throwback to that. Everything that's come from <sighs> MonsterVerse, not, not so much. Dan Crane is a member. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Uh Laura says, I would describe the Wick four scene as Wick versus Stairs. I think I and here's the thing also, Laura. As long as I can figure out what you mean, then you're good. And that, yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you would mean uh by that. Let's see, Orange at 839. It is A44 in real life. Uh, Monarch has slightly interesting, was slightly interesting, but has problems. Continuity, destruction. My review has spoilers, so watch it through at least episode five before reading, if you even care. Like for me, I am barely through the first episode, I think, and I just don't really even care to keep on uh, watching it. 37 people still watching on YouTube. Thank y'all. Appreciate that. We're about to wrap things up here. Tonight says, I do need to get some ice cream in order to Sit down, enjoy, relax a bit from, from the craziness of the day. Um, but getting back to that comment, I, because of that, probably could read your review and, and not really feel it. The other great thing, too, is that you can, you can mark your reviews as spoilers. And so that way people can know before actually reading it if you think it actually has any. General Wingster, no, don't you do it. Cthulhu, let me tell you about the Lent Loop Pole. Oh, boy. What do you mean the Lent loophole? What do you mean the Lent loophole? <laughs> are you trying to say that I'm mentioning or I'm trying to talk about the Lent loophole? No, I, I try not to do any any loopholes, right? Because, for instance, you'll hear a lot of people out there be like, well, Lent's only 40 days. And so that means that, you know, the Sundays are not actually counting in the season of Lent. And so that means that you can actually partake in the things you've given up. And it's like, no. You know, the Sundays obviously are going to be unique because they are the Lord's day, right? They are something above and beyond that, you know, that liturgical uh, restriction. But we are still called to persist. We are still called. Basically, think of it this way. All of this is stemmed, a little small theological talk at the end, I guess. All of this is, is stemming from Jesus's time in the desert. 40 days and 40 nights in the desert he spent, all right, fasting. Now, the other interesting thing is that when people hear fasting in that context, they think he's not eating any food, he's not drinking any water, you know, and obviously could Jesus have done that as God? Yes, of course, right? But fasting just indicates saying that you are limiting your meals, you are, you know, for instance, think about John the Baptist, he was fasting by eating only locust and wild honey, things like that. So Jesus fasting in that way. At no point do we hear anything about the forty years. Sorry, the forty days he spent in the desert, where every seventh day, every Sabbath, he was able to rest and he was able to uh, he was able to get a reprieve and eat, you know, a, a nice fillet or something like that. Right? Not not something we really hear about. So when people ever mention that, because sometimes that's like the excuse people make is, well, you know, I can always eat it on Sundays because they don't technically count. It's like. In the numbering, maybe, but within the actual spirit of the season itself, yes, absolutely. Anyway. Wayward Noodle says, Shajnik Redemption, great movie, horrible title. Yes. Yes. I, I definitely think that there is a lot to be said there. And yeah, if you're talking about plant-based meats, yes. So for me, I one year I did try that, and that was just more so of a Let's just see how it is versus, oh, I found a loophole because those are actually even worse for you health-wise than a regular burger because you have to literally have as much – you have to have an insane amount of sodium just to make it taste bearable. Um, But no, I instead went the route of finding more like high-protein – more high-protein – like there's like a high-protein mac and cheese basically where it's it's made out of a certain type of – I forget exactly what kind of of pea it's made out of, but – it's made out of a specific vegetable where it's it's very high in certain minerals, very high in certain nutrients, and because um, I last year I think I ended up doing, if not completely meatless Lent, then it was like most of the days were were completely meatless, and so obviously I had to find a way to to make up for that with with the uh, with the supplements. Obviously, was taking supplements amongst other things, but anyway. Uh, Orange says, "What is Lady Frey's name on a Critic List?" So at third or nothing, all spelled out. Third or nothing is is her username. If you go to the search and just put at third or nothing, it should pop up. Uh, Disney, sorry, Forever Sci Fi, who is a member says, "Disney Marvel people should have watched a Silent Voice to see great movie about someone with hearing issues who can sympathize with and not get annoyed." Is that the anime? Um, I, I mean, yeah, I I think that there are other films. There's another movie too that actually, oh my goodness, it features the same actress from A Quiet Place actually, and I thought, I thought that it handled that issue a lot better with yeah with Millicent uh, with Millicent Simmons. And again, I know that some people might not be a big fan of hers for various Wonderstruck in 2017. Uh, tell the tale of two children separated by 50 years. In 1927, Rose searches for the actress whose life she chronicles um, in her scrapbook. In 1977, Ben runs away from home to find his father. The film interlaces two stories set 50 years apart. Switching frequently with them, each tells the story of a child's quest. In 27, Rose runs away from her father's New Jersey home to find her mother, Idol. The actress Lillian Mayhew in 1977 author ben finds uh runs away to find search for his father so i actually thought that was good because it does obviously have those moments where you have a, a parent even like just being very annoyed by what she's going through um and so it's like that he but it is so not in your face trying to shove it down your throat that you throw that you are hearing um special right and then just actually uh there was an oscar winner from not too long ago also that I actually really enjoyed. It was it was an Apple TV Plus movie. Um, let's see. Uh, sign language movie. Coda. I actually really liked Coda. So I think there's great films that deal with that subject. Um, that are also not nearly as preachy as something like Echo. Which I think I only got through the first couple of episodes and I'm like... Ugh. All right, I do need to start wrapping things up, though. So, let's see. King Remschke says, Do you fast outside of Lent? Um, not as often as I wish, but I... Um, usually on Ember Days, I try to find a, a way of fasting on, on that. And um, there's some Feast Days, too. So, I follow... Basically, there's, there's two traditional fasting groups that I'm a part of. I follow the one that is... it's It's more than the minimum by I think about the second level on that one I'm trying to slowly build up over time um, and that has fasting throughout the whole year but I do try to uh, to have that let's see Icthula says thank you for the stream and hope you'll forgive my passionate opinions you're highlight of my non working hours uh, wish you a blessed life thank you Ecthulu dude I always appreciate your comments I always appreciate your thoughts man so yeah if I ever come across in a certain way uh, please just know just know no hard feelings uh, unless it's just you know completely crazy You know, like like a Hardwick comment or something. Uh, (laughs) Steven says, So another married woman wants to have an affair with me, but I learned my first lesson for the first one. Good grief, Steven. Why why do all of the married women want to commit adultery with you? I just... You you need to hang out in different places, man. That's what I I think you need to start doing. (laughs) Oh, man. Heartbreak Ridge. Uh, it's like Friday is not a license to gorge on seafood if you are someone who loves it. That misses the point entirely. Exactly. Right? So, you obviously, you can have fish. It does not break the... And here's the other thing two people need to remember, right? These are not divinely mandated laws when it comes to the the fasting and abstinence on Fridays and the allowance for things like fish, right? These These are church laws. And they have changed over time. It used to be... Um, very firmly established, you have to abstain from meat every Friday of the year. And then an exception was put in, and I think the 70s or 80s, where you could substitute that with something else. And, of course, it got abused. And now most people, it's so funny, the amount of students that I talk to where I say, did you know that you're supposed to abstain from meat every Friday? they look at me like, what? And then I say, well, actually, you can substitute it with something else. And then they're like, what? So it's important just to, again, also say, right, and there's a brilliant text out there called Credo. Um, Obviously, I I would pronounce it more like Credo, right, of I believe in Latin, but it's a a catechism put out by Bishop Athanasius Schneider, the, I think, most important and the most well-spoken and the most, I just think, crucial member of the church's hierarchy right now who is a bishop, Bishop Athanasius Schneider. It is a modern catechism. And what he does is he handles not only classical theological questions but also modern issues too. Like uh, obviously he he mentions the transgenderism uh, nonsense. He he talks about feminism. He talks about so many other things. Uh, but one of the things I love is that he breaks down the difference between a divine law and a precept of the church, and and why we are still bound to follow. And 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 again the 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 but still the difference as far as actual. You know, power and authority. All right. Wrapping things up here, Stephen. If the Mandalorian movie happens, do you think it'll be a flop at the box office? Yes. Anything coming from Disney Star Wars is going to flop. Uh, unless there was a major turnaround. And, yeah, I, I have dutes about that being something that happens. Orange Chess says, good way to do New Year's. Me and Mar Jade are doing Nick Cage New Year's. Oh, okay. Nice. Her sci-fi. Yes, sound voice is an anime. I thought, yeah, I thought I had that. I think it's the same guy. Isn't the same dude? Uh, Makimoto, I think, uh, who did the... Uh, your name, weathering with you, and Suzume. Suzume is still I film. I want to double watch. Hardwick says, I just now showed up. There's been a big power outage here. Within five seconds, I heard you mention my name. Yes, indeed, Hardwick. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. sci-fi. I've abstained from seafood my entire life. It makes those Fridays during Lent difficult. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, right, is let's say there is something that you are allowed to eat, but it's something that is not really a sacrifice for you. You know, that's again, that that's why we have to, if we understand why those principles are there, why the church has had that law, because it's always based on a deeper theological principle, then we are then going to be able to enter into that much better than if we're just one, blankly and blandly following a set of rules, or, or two, trying to find our way to get through the different laws that exist. But anyway, with all of that being said, Orange Chat posted a review of the first John Wick 95% fresh 95% most excellent. Love it, dude. Love it. Can't wait to see your reviews as you keep posting them. And if you have not yet joined CriticLess, please go ahead and do so. It is an awesome place if you want to... Uh... Oh, wait, it's sorry. Silent Voice is Naoko Yamada. Yeah, Yamada. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, it's the same guy. I just got the, the name wrong there. So, anyway. Uh, Steven, I have not determined that yet. And normally, I, I keep mum on, 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 on certain things. Um, I share other things that I think are potentially beneficial to others to find inspiration. But I think that there's a, a ton of great uh, resources out there. I would say try to look at any articles from 1 Peter 5, great Catholic publication, maybe even from, from Crisis Magazine. Um, and any just traditional Catholic site, I think, can give you some, some pretty good ideas of, of things to do. Um, I, I think that based on just, again, since you mentioned it tonight, Wherever it is that you're meeting these people, it might be a question of, okay, where am I meeting these people? Is this really a place that I should be? And is there an alternative that I can go towards to try to limit that as much as, as possible? Yes, Abomination, you should. You should give your review of that film and join Critical It's a fun place to be. So, anyway, thank y'all. Small but mighty. Group here tonight, we talked a lot about movies. but It's fun just to have a general movie talk, not, not going really into the, the box office analysis and, and all the numbers and everything. Up to 49 people so far now who have nominated. Thank you all again for doing that. This will be uh, closing, as I said, in the next 24 to 48 hours. And so if you have not put your nominations out, I just posted that out there um, on all of the different locations. So please make sure that you take advantage of that. And um, let me go ahead and also just double-check one thing real quick to see if anyone posted on the Twitter chat. I'm not seeing that. Um, and I know that Twitter can sometimes be a little bit finicky. But anyway, those will be done soon. Nominations will be announced next week. So once I get all of those nominees coming in from y'all, I'm will bring uh, the remaining uh, nominations, nominations that still need to be finished, that still need to be decided upon to my council, to my committee. Uh, to go through, but the Raven Awards they there upon us. So those will be announced around the same time as the, actually, no, the Oscars nominations come out in the morning. We will not, uh, have ours announced until the evening time, because that will be the, the, uh, the subject of the Tuesday night stream. And we'll talk about all the films and people that have been nominated for the best and worst in 2023. And so with all that being said, thank you again to everyone out there. Please make sure you smash the like button, like the front, I see smash the rumble as well. Again, thank you all for your time. It's the most precious gift that you can ever give. I appreciate y'all, appreciate y'all with, with every fiber of my being. Uh, make sure to stay safe out there, stay warm. Uh, make sure to take care of your pets. And please also uh, share this video out and share the channel out so we can continue growing this, get more and more people here in our community, here and here talking, and uh, and also getting involved with things like the Raven Awards as well. So you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless.